The battle in the RB room for who will be named RB1 is one we should all be watching in the offseason. And Travion Henderson has a good chance to be named RB1 when Ohio State takes the field in the fall. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is a Wednesday, February 8th in the year 2023, and this episode is brought to us by our good friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to Get started. During this episode, we will discuss the reality of something that needs to happen for Travion Henderson to be named RB1 in the fall and something that I don't like that First Energy Stadium is doing for face-off on the lake. But before we get to any of that, we have all been talking about, myself and other people that cover Ohio State, have been talking about the quarterback competition, which is really important for Ohio State to have success in the fall. But also, another competition on the offensive side of the ball is at running back. Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Dallin Hayden, Evan Pryor, Chip Trainum, all of these guys are battling to be named RB1 at Ohio State. Might I add in TC Coffey, who was a walk-on running back, got hurt last year. What if he takes a jump, a great jump, recovers from injury, and is thrust into being a big piece of the pie for Ohio State's offense at running back? Think about it. The running back room, we all talk about linebacker. No, that's solidified. Talk about D-line and some shuffling that might happen at D-tackle. Talk about the secondary Who's going to be starting at the opposite corner of Denzel Burke? What's going to happen if somebody is hurt at receiver? Who steps up? We talk about all these things. The focus is at quarterback, but let's not lose sight of this RB competition. And Travion Henderson is in a very interesting spot right now. Unfortunately, his injury that he suffered during the season in 2022 has set him back, and he will miss spring practice. But that does not mean him coming back healthy, him coming back watching the film, and him coming back at full strength and being able to see where he went wrong in 2022 and how he can improve in 2023. Ultimately, he is a player that many people believe that if he is playing his best football, he is one of the best running backs in the country. And that's why I think the battle for RB1 at Ohio State is fun. And it's not going to be solidified during spring practice because Trevion Henderson will not be there. He's, he's, it's already been announced, which I still think it's odd, but it's already been announced what players will be missing spring practice, and Trevion Henderson is one of those players. Add in Tommy Eichenberg, and you see you're losing two guys that started games in 2022 who will not be at spring practice for the Buckeyes in 2023. But Trevion Henderson, to me, can be RB1. At Ohio State. Yes, he needs to come back healthy and strong and ready to go back from injury. But if he puts his skill set together and if he improves his vision, if he improves his physicality, if he doesn't dodge 
ball carries. If he's able to bounce off the first guy or make the first tackler miss, these are all things Travion Henderson can do to be RB1 in the fall. Now think about the competition. Mayan Williams is still there. Great running back. Phenomenal running back. And I think, I said it last year, he should have been the starting running back. He is the number one competition for Travion Henderson to be RB1. But think about this, though. You have Evan Pryor. What if he comes back from tearing his ACL and takes Ohio State by storm? Comes back, and he just lights up practice, lights up the spring game, lights it up in fall camp, and he is the one that jumps a lot of players into being RB1 in the fall. I don't think Dallin Hayden will be there. I don't think he has a chance to be RB1. However, I didn't think he was going to play like he did as a true freshman when his number was called. So ultimately, he is there as well. Chip Trainum, phenomenal running back when he was at uh, Arizona State. Ultimately, if he would have stayed at Arizona State a year ago, he would have been a starting running back. I do think his bigger bigger body and his body that can take the, can take the hits and the players saying he has all of the speed, I'd love to see it. But him going back to running back, I do think is a good move for him and Ohio State in that room. Travion Henderson, work on your vision, buddy. Work on your physicality. Work on making the first guy miss. Work on staying in between the tackles. Not everything needs to be bounced outside. And honestly, him not being in spring practice and having more time in the film and one-on-one sessions with Tony Alford, ultimately, those are all things that don't, excuse me, that Travion Henderson can do so that when he's back on the field in the fall, he can be someone that is a player that Ohio State is truly thinking about naming RB1 at Ohio State. I believe he can win the, the, the title of RB1. And ultimately, I think it's going to be a close battle. This time away from football, him watching film, him doing all of the things that you do off of the field, strengthening his body, working on his upper body as he's as his lower body and his foot is healing. These are all things that when he's back on the field, we may see a guy who looks like he's put on three, four, five, eight pounds of healthy weight. Looks like a guy that putting on the weight and getting healthy with his foot, he keeps his speed. He keeps his agility. He keeps his ability to break a run or to get out in the open field and just cut loose any time he has the ball. But also, fall camp now, thinking in the future, at that point in time, think about what Travion Henderson might do. If his vision improves, if his physicality improves, if he's able to take runs that he got for one or two yards last year or negative two yards just because he wasn't able to make a guy miss, all of a sudden those go to five-yard runs or eight-yard runs or 13-yard runs. Yes, I do think he'll break one for 30, 40, 50 yards. That's still something he can do. But ultimately, if Travia Henderson works on – the things that I mentioned during the season that he was not doing well, vision was not up to par. Trying to bounce things outside, trying to break 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 big runs, but that's not what is needed. Move the ball, north and south. None of this east and west stuff. Work on all the little things, your body, get a little bit of more of that healthy weight, and I think there's a great chance that Travion Henderson will be RB1. In the fall, the reality is 
that he's going to need one thing to happen for him to be RB1 in the fall. What is it? We will discuss that next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to us by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and you'll like this part, super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. It provides everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast. I understand many of you are LeBron James fans, and I want to just give a quick shout out. We're going to tie in what happened last night to this very next segment with Trevia Henderson. LeBron, congratulations. You passed a record and you broke a record that I did not think would be broken in my lifetime. From his time being a Cleveland Cavalier to every team he's played for, the championships, his longevity, keeping up with his body, the health, the success over a very long period of time. Congratulations. LeBron is a new all-time leading scorer, all-time scorer in NBA history. You know what? That record, I don't know when it's going to stop. Because LeBron's going to have to have a steep, quick fall-off and drop-off for that record to not just be so high that it doesn't take another another 40 years for the record to be broken. Congrats, LeBron, on being the all-time leading scorer, all-time scorer, point scorer in NBA history. I just told you we're going to try and tie in LeBron to Travion Anderson because both players have something unique with them. Not LeBron breaking the record, but what happened and what needed to happen for LeBron to break that record that was set by Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 40 years ago when Kareem was then broke the record for being the all-time scorer, most points scored in NBA history. So Travion Henderson needs some things to happen. Yes, getting healthy is one of them. That's not the reality I was thinking about. Yes, he needs to, he needs to get back on the field and show that he has improved. That's not the thing I was thinking about. Ultimately, he's going to need a little bit of help. From who? Now, if he needs help, yes, he would want some help from his body to heal quickly and the doctor to help him do that. Nutritionist, um, treat the conditioning program at Ohio State, Mickey Mariotti. Is that what I'm discussing? No, no, no. But all of those things are things that will aid him and help him to be RB1. 
Ultimately, Travion Henderson needs help from the other running backs that are in that room. Think about how wild this is. I don't think anybody thought in Henderson's third year on the team that there would be a battle at running back to see who RB1 would be. And for it to be one that I truly don't think he's going to win the battle, but it's possible for him to win that battle because he possesses a different skill set than Mayan Williams. And we're projecting what might happen, what we might see from what we've seen so far. Mayan Williams should be RB1. But that's not to say that Trayvon Henderson cannot improve and will not improve enough to be RB1 in the fall. You have guys like Evan Pryor and Dallin Hayden and, <coughs> and Chip Trainum and guys that are really, really, really good. But he's going to need help from some of these guys and help in a way that these guys don't progress. The other guys in the running back room maybe progress, but don't progress enough to be in the running for RB1. I want everybody to be healthy, so I'm not even saying getting help from someone getting hurt. I am not going to be that guy to say, oh, he needs everybody to get hurt to be a starting running back. Oh, that's the only way he can win the job. No, I'm, buddy, I ain't that stupid. Buddy, that ain't me. But, buddy, what I will tell you is this. He's going to need some help. If he need, if he wants to win, let's just say in the offseason, Evan Pryor takes a little bit of time to get his feet under, under him after missing a year of football. Let's just say Mayan Williams does not improve at the same rate that he did from 2021 to 2022. Let's just say that the other running backs, Chip Trainum, good running back, but does not fit the great category to be RB1 at Ohio State. And let's just say that is a help that he needs. Help from others allows him to move up the depth chart. I am hoping, I truly, truly hope, when you guys heard me a lot during last season, talk about Henderson, complain about his play, hoping things are, things are better. I did it a lot. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to be positive. Your boy wants to be positive all the time. But let's think about this. I think it's up from these other guys, and they don't progress. And by the time Henderson gets back on the field in the fall, nobody has eclipsed and made themselves a clear-cut option at an RB1. And Henderson comes out there and just kills it and kills it and kills it and kills it and kills it. He wins the title. Now, granted, he's gotten better, but he got help from his teammates because they did not progress and really make themselves RB1 in Henderson's absence during the offseason. Now, I mentioned that I want to try to tie – LeBron James in to this and him breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record as scoring the most points in NBA history broke that last night. So LeBron James, during his career, the whole thing of getting help from people to break a record and to do something, LeBron has gotten that for a long time. He's gotten it from the refs. You know, great players get calls. You know, LeBron flops a lot. And some of those flops allow him to go to the free throw line to sink free throws and hit free throws and hit free throws and hit free throws and hit more and more and more and more free throws, which ultimately add to your total tally mark of how many points you have scored in your career. That's the reality. But also, LeBron has had the aid and the help of playing with great players that allow him to get to the basket and to score easy. Think about it. Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love, K-Love, think about it. He also played with Chris Bosh 
and Dwayne Wade. And one thing with that Heat squad, you had Ray Allen, but also one thing with that Heat squad, you also had Shane Battier. Oh, also with that Heat squad, you had Mike Miller. You had guys that could draw attention to themselves, which allowed LeBron to score a whole lot easier. And that 2012-2013 LeBron in Miami, I still think is the best LeBron that we have ever seen. LeBron right now at this stage of his career, maybe the smartest LeBron we have ever seen, which I do think there's a validity, there's validity to that statement. But 2012-2013 LeBron, that was a different animal. But even think about this. LeBron had the aid of going up against and playing up against really good competition early in his career, which forced LeBron to get in the lab and work on things. LeBron over his career has gotten help from his trainers, help from people that are his teammates, help from the opposition. They pushed him in ways to get better. The losses have helped him to get better. LeBron has gotten help throughout his entire career that has helped him and that allowed him and pushed him to break the record that was set by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, scoring the most points in NBA history. LeBron got help from his opposition, and he got help from his teammates to help him score the basketball more and more and more. And ultimately, Travion Henderson is going to need help because I think if players progress and um, get better and get a whole lot better at the rate that they are currently, Ain't no way. I mean, ain't no way that he is going to Travion Henderson BRB1 in the fall. But if the players don't progress, if the players don't get better at the same clip and level that they have been and we project them to be, Mr. Henderson, missing spring practice might not be the worst thing for you, and it might help you BRB1 when Ohio State starts the 2023 college football season. I said I want to be positive. I like positivity, but ultimately there's one thing that I saw in the face-off on the lake when Ohio State hosts the Michigan Wolverines in First Energy Stadium, a football field that makes me scratch my head and not like what I see. What is it? We'll discuss it next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. Sports betting is now legal in Ohio, and Locked on has a perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers. Download and subscribe to Locked On Bets for daily picks and analysis wherever you get your fine podcast. So yesterday, I was thinking about what to discuss on the show, and I actually have a notebook full, a full page, going to be two pages soon, of things and topics you and I will discuss over the next few weeks. If there's no news that comes out that is pertinent for the show on that day, I got topics, baby. I got topics. And if you have any topics you want to talk about, leave them in the YouTube comment section. Better yet, slide my DMs on Twitter. Send them there, jsteven07. If you want to send it not on Twitter, and you're not on Twitter, send it to me on the Instagram at the same handle, at jsteven07. Also email jsteven317 at gmail.com. So many ways for you to send in your topic ideas for the show during the offseason. But when I saw this picture and something that's going on at Faceoff on the Lake, when the Buckeyes host the Wolverines at the Cleveland Brown Stadium, I didn't like it. And I don't think I don't know if you will either. The Faceoff on the Lake is the hockey teams of both schools, the men's hockey team of the Buckeyes and the Wolverines facing off for an outdoor hockey game. We have seen different sports try to play outside. We have seen the NHL play Lake Tahoe, and that's one place that's on my 
bucket list of going on vacation. Lake Tahoe playing out there on the water. We have seen hockey do different things. We have seen, um, was it a hockey? Something happened on the infield of a of a track, a racetrack. NASCAR races are there. You put something in the infield. Think it was a hockey game to be exact. And all of a sudden, people are watching it there. We have seen college basketball games played on military ships. Really happened. We have seen NHL played outside. We've seen bowl games played in baseball fields. And we've seen a lot of things happen, different sports played in different venues. Well, ultimately, hockey in a football stadium doesn't really pull me in. But there are some hockey fans, especially fans of these schools, that want to see the game played in a different venue. It also allows more fans to go because a football field is bigger than the arenas that schools play hockey. But I say all that to say this. The hockey rink that the teams will be playing on goes from the 18-yard line to the other 18-yard line in First Energy Stadium. In the end zones, what has the grounds crew done that, and this is where the, the, the one thing goes that I don't like. The, the ice rink is in the middle of the football field, but then also in the end zones. Remember, this is an Ohio State home game. One end zone has the Ohio State logo and emblems literally in the end zone in Ohio Stadium. That's in one end zone. The same script and everything is there. It's outlined and it's on red. In the other end zone, there's literally Michigan painted blue and maize is a letter, is the color of the letters. So you have what's in Ohio State's end zone on one side, literally what's in the end zone in Ohio Stadium. Then on the other side, you have what's in the end zone at Michigan. I get it. It's for TV. It'll be on the Big Ten Network. It'll be on. You'll be able to watch it. But why put those colors here for an Ohio State home game? Now, I understand this is a different venue. I understand this is a different setting. I get all of that. It's a home game for the Buckeyes. Keep Wolverines colors off of the field. Can't say the ice. I understand there's going to be face-off on the lake, emblem on the center, ice. I get that. It's marketing. It's promotion. I get it. But that's about it, baby. You don't want to see that maze, and you don't want to see those colors anywhere when Ohio State's playing a game. Doesn't matter if they're playing the Wolverines or the Hoosiers or if they're playing Notre Dame or if they're playing Alabama or if they're playing Rutgers or if they're playing Youngstown State. It don't matter. Don't nobody want to see those colors anywhere when Ohio State's playing a game. It just makes people sick. It gives them a weird feeling in their stomach. And also, think about this. Game week. You're playing the Wolverines. Buckeyes practice. The equipment staff starts putting the Wolverines colors on the Buckeye helmet to help you realize what you see just destroy it. Just destroy it. Now, that's one thing that happens during hate week. And I have I get text every year for my one of my, my good friends, Sarah Barker. She says all the time, it's hate week, Julius. It's hate week, Julius. I've gotten that text at the beginning of hate week for the past few years. I expect it to happen in the fall once again because it's just a ritual. She gets she helps me understand what is reminds me if I forgot, which I don't forget. What's right in front of us? It's hate week. Keep those colors. Keep those colors 
away from Ohio State home games. If they're playing Michigan, we expect it. I'll even give a pass for the logo face-off on the leg, which has Michigan there. But putting Michigan in the end zone to try to fill space, it's not a good move. It's a bold move. Pretty bad one. If you wanted to put something else there to make it just fill up, to, to fill the space, put Buckeyes. Ohio State in the end zone, Buckeyes in the other. It's a Buckeyes home game. Let's represent the Buckeyes all over the place. I'm not in charge of the ground crew or the equipment staff or, or the people that are in charge of making that decision. Sure, they got a lot of sure they got a lot of pushback. I first saw the tweet, first saw the picture from Andrew Lind, who was working um, covering Ohio State. He's now a free agent, college football writer and photographer, but he did post a picture and shared a link to an article that he wrote. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. I hope, I hope, I hope this is the last time this happens. Not that they play a hockey game in a football field, but that the that if the Buckeyes host the Wolverines once again and they play in a football field, that that ugly color from that team in Ann Arbor is not on the field, the football field in the end zone when the two hockey teams face off outdoors. Rowdy here, guys, on a Wednesday. Had to get that off my chest. That felt really good. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send me all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thanks for making lots on both, guys. Your first listen to today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast.